Coming up in this episode, we put the adult in adult coloring books. Welcome to the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for readers and writers of gay romance fiction. If you can read it, write it, watch it, or listen to it, these two guys are going to talk about it. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Adams and Will Knauss. Welcome to episode number 32 of Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Jeff from JeffAdamsWrites.com. And I'm Will from WillCanals.com. So how's it going this week? It's going very, very well. Now you predicted before we started that this is going to be a weird episode. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, you're putting me on the spot. I am. What if we don't deliver and it's a really boring episode? <laughs> well, then people will know that we predicted Thanks one thing and came up with another one. I don't know. I'm in a weird mood right now. So, okay. Are you in a weird mood? I don't think so. <laughs> You don't think it doesn't so? feel like a weird room. It just feels like a typical, you know, <sighs> Sunday morning record session with my husband. Uh, yes. Shall we get to our weekly recap? We can. Tell us, Jeff, about all the amazing writing things you've done this week. It's been pretty good. Because there have been a lot. It's I've pretty kind of good. Done some momentous stuff. Um, I did I paid off what I talked about last week. Yes. So Codename Winger Book One went to the publisher yesterday on Saturday. Which I'm very excited about and also very nervous about. At the same time. Um, I have no reason to be nervous. Um, yes, it's different than anything I've tried to write before, but all the early feedback from the betas has been that it's it's good. A couple of people said it was the best thing that I have written. So, er, I don't know. Cool. We'll see what the publisher thinks. Yes, we shall. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, I also got the first draft of the Mackinac story done yesterday, mm-hmm. which is good. My writing group uh, gave me some feedback on the first two chapters. And that was positive, had some things for me to make adjustments to. Uh Uh, It's beneficial because one of my group is actually from Michigan, lives in Michigan, has been to Mackinac Island, knows the island. He felt he was put there, which was good. And people who had not been there had their sense of place. And people who had not seen somewhere in time, and and how is that possible? But people, I had never seen it before. You showed it. To that's me true. A you had not. Ago. So you're right. That that yeah. does happen. But it's possible. There was one person who had not seen the film, and had not even heard of the film, but felt like he got enough from what I said about it that he didn't go, have to go. Oh well, what is that? Mm, okay. That there were enough, you know, clues put in to lead the way. Cool. So so now you are going through uh, an editing pass? Yes. I will edit uh, once while I'm gone next week in L.A., mm-hmm. and then you and I can talk about it if you want it before or after I make the paper pass on it. Okay. Now, has anyone come up with a suggestion for a title of this particular story? No. No. Okay. This is a weird one, because usually I come up with titles pretty quickly, mm-hmm. and I don't have a title for this yet. Okay. At least one that's not cheesy sounding that I refuse to go with. So maybe something will strike me while I'm editing next week. Okay. Because I've, I've even got like a partial blurb done and I don't have a title, which is weird. Okay. Um, so next up, plotting for like what the next three books are that are on the schedule to deal with. Because uh, I haven't quite decided which one should get written first. So I could, I'm going to plot winger number two. Uh, the first book of our collaboration that we're going to do, as well as the spinoff for Hattrick 3. Okay. And piece all those together, and then you and I will talk and kind of figure out how we want to go forward, if it's with our book or if I should do one of mine first. Okay. 
So there you go. Cool. That's 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 my writing week in a, in a recap. Cool. Yeah. Do you want to uh, apologize to some of our viewers and listeners for last week's minor kerfuffle? <laughs> for the kerfuffle. So yeah, if if you're a usual watcher of our video channel, that had some some colossal screw ups last week. Um, Not as we originally thought our fault. Well, we don't think it's our fault. It, I still don't think it's our fault. I think technology kind of backfired. To give the quick story, the iMovie on the Mac that I used to edit the video feed uh, upgraded out of the blue. Uh, and that appears to have caused some issues with YouTube. And I th- and I say that because I went back to our laptop, which still had the older version on it, recut the video, and it uploaded fine. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, I uh, uh, communicated with YouTube and communicated with Apple going, what the hell, people? YouTube said they fixed some stuff, which I did see fixed because the older videos that I had put up that I had locked up so that our viewers wouldn't stumble on them while they were being screwed up uh, actually cleared processing. All this stuff happened. So thank you, YouTube, for actually responding and Apple for responding. Uh, Please don't screw it up again because that's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's not the kind of thing I want to deal with on a Monday morning, figuring out that the video didn't quite process, and what the hell's up with that? So, yes, we apologize to any of our subscribers on the YouTube channel for uh, hanging with us. It wasn't entirely our fault. Uh, we eventually got our act together. Yeah, by Tuesday, the and, video was yeah. regular, and we stopped swapping stuff out and yeah. being confused. It's all fine now. It's all good. It's all good. Hopefully this episode goes up with no problem. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm in the midst of a cool book. Cool book, you say? Cool book. Okay. Uh, it's a Tell me more. <laughs> it's called Jazz Moon <laughs> by a first-time novelist by the name of Joe Okonoko. Hopefully, Joe, I pronounced your name right. I did my best. Yeah. Um, the book is set in 1920s, in the 1920s, and it's, it splits between Harlem and Paris. And it's the story of an aspiring poet named Ben. Uh, he's a young African-American who's been trying to ignore that thing that has been in his life. But he discovers he can't really ignore that anymore when he meets this trumpeter by the name of Babyback Johnston. Uh, and they take off on a, what I would call a tumultuous affair as they go from Harlem to Paris and try to make a life in Paris. Um, it is a tumultuous romance between the two, as I said, to, to put it light, no, to not put it lightly. Uh, but the book is, it's so rich in its, in its place. I mean, he met, Joe manages to write so he, like you feel this jazz and you feel the buzz of Harlem in that era. Um, he does a great job of capturing uh, race relations of the time, uh, both in the States and in Paris, uh, where things were very much different um, for African Americans. And I guess blacks of all kinds had a much different experience in Paris than they would have in the U.S. at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this book comes out on May 31st uh, from Kensington. It's currently available for pre-order. Uh, it's an ebook and I believe paperback. It's either paperback or hardback. And uh, there will be an audiobook also narrated by uh, Sean Crisden, who, of course, is a familiar name to many of our uh, MM Romance um, readers out there. Uh, Joe will be on the podcast, I believe, in July late June, early July. And I'm looking forward to talking to him about you know this book. He has previously done short stories and poetry. Uh, it's very clear that he's a good poet uh, because there's segments of Ben's poetry in this book that are obviously Joe's. Uh, so it's 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 been a great book to read, and I'm so glad he reached out with the book so that we could get an early look at it. Cool. 
And I'll talk more about it when I'm done. I'll probably finish it while I'm, I'm traveling this next week. Okay. I see it being finished on one of the plane rides. Because I'm only about 100 pages from the end. So, we do have some sad news to report this week. Uh, it came out that uh, queer-centric books will be ceasing on May 31st. Mm-hmm. Which we are sad to see go. Um, they were a little something different out in the MM Romance blog sphere. With them attempting to be sort of a book bub. Uh, putting out email messages every Wednesday for what the uh, uh, bargain books were, things that were on sale. Uh, it was a good service. The The review uh, blog was great. They were very good to me, I have to say, for Hat Trick and some of my other works. Uh, and they brought a slightly different spin to it because, as we talked about just last week, they were introducing video reviews mm-hmm. um, on the site rather, rather recently. So we're sad to see them go. Uh, we hope this isn't some uh, trend that's going to, you know, shake the blog sphere out there. Um, but thanks for hanging around for about a year, would you say? A uh, year or more, at least. year or more. Probably. Um, and we wish all of those folks well and hope their reviewers all find a good place to land. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. Do you want to... Um, here, let me talk about something for a minute. Um, <clears throat> last week I forgot to mention that uh, Colton Haynes came out of the closet. Uh, Colton Haynes is an actor here in the U.S., uh, for those of you who are listening from abroad. Uh, and for those of you who may not know who he is, uh, he's been on MTV's Teen Wolf, he is on the CW's Arrow, and he made... uh, uh, Basically, he got a... Last week, in Entertainment Weekly, he got a four-page spread uh, about uh, him and his current situation. Uh, and part of the article, a small part of the article, was him coming out. Um, this probably wasn't a huge surprise to most of his diehard fans, because he kind of halfway came out earlier this year when uh, someone on social media uh, called out his quote-unquote secret gay past as a reference to a uh, photo spread he did uh, for XY Magazine way back in the day. Uh, That's way back in the day. Yeah. Col- Col- Colton got his start as a model because uh, yeah. he's really beautiful. Um, so the the bulk of the article talked about why he uh, decided to leave Arrow and his struggles with um, uh, uh, depression and anxiety and uh, how he's uh, trying to get his life back together. So congratulations to Colton. Uh, I hope you're feeling better. And uh, he said he was certainly open to returning to Arrow. And we hope we see you there soon. Yeah. It was nice to see him make his one-off appearance this season. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, hopefully he will find his way back to the Arrowverse. Mm. Yes. Uh, speaking of superheroes, you also have... Speaking of <laughs> superheroes, in this week's uh, edition of Entertainment Weekly, they have a short article about... Um, Gays and uh, the current superhero Hollywood climate. Now, this is what I would probably call one of Entertainment Weekly's zero articles, <laughs> meaning there's no actual content. Uh, Entertainment Weekly is really, really good at this, especially when they cover Hollywood blockbusters. Usually they'll get some sort of an exclusive for a summer blockbuster and there will be an eight-page spread about this movie or maybe, you know, a TV show or something. 
So they have an exclusive, but they're, you know, they have a confidentiality agreement. They can't spoil anything. So the article is actually not about anything. And uh, they're really good at that. This is one of those. Uh, the jumping off point uh, is a recent uh, GLAAD report uh, on the Hollywood studios. Uh, and not surprisingly, GLAAD says they're all doing a really shitty job. <laughs> portraying uh, gays and lesbians and bisexual and transgendered people in Hollywood films. Uh, you have to go to independently produced and art house films if you want to see uh, any um, any represent representation. Anyway, so they used that GLAAD report as a jumping off point as to why uh, the current uh, trend in superheroes is so homogenized and uh, extremely white for the most part and uh, incredibly straight <laughs> for the you know in totality uh, yeah and and the reason the why all these superhero movies are so straight is because um, uh, the US market isn't the only market these ginormous tentpole movies have to open well in the US and they also have to open well uh, all over the globe in order for them to make money. So they're, uh, so if a movie can't open in China or if it cannot open in Russia, um, Hollywood, the Hollywood machine is going to lose money. So the conclusion is that there, the reason there are no gay people in superhero movies is because it won't play well. And it's never going to play well, so don't expect it ever. That was the mm. uh, conclusion. So, but they also talked to the king of the CW uh, and the king of television superheroes, Greg Berlanti. He has four superhero shows on television, and they do, uh, in minor ways, represent uh, certain members of the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Um, counting them down, Greg's shows uh, include uh, Supergirl. There is... There's um, is there anyone gay on Supergirl? I don't think there actually is. I don't know why I started off with that one. That's completely dis disproving the point I'm trying I to make. <laughs> no, there isn't. I think there have been one-off characters that have blown through. I don't think they've shot away from gay. They don't have a gay principle at all. Um, there is, uh, on... Well, Legends has Sarah. Yes. Who is bi. I, almost assuredly bi, because she's been with, um, the Nessa from the League, but also in love with Ollie. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got on Arrow, where she used to be, Arrow does have, um, Felicity's computer tech genius and his husband... Yeah, Kurt, and, Curtis and his, his husband. And his husband. And Flash has uh, the captain who got married on the show last year mm -hmm. and his husband. Yes. Um, so those shows don't shy away from it. Now, granted, Sarah Lance is the only principal in those shows, but Curtis shows up pretty often in Arrow, and the captain shows up fairly regular in Flash. Mm -hmm. And Curtis and his husband show up a lot in Arrow. Because his husband was none too pleased that he was running around with the Green Arrow a couple weeks ago. <laughs> helping out and getting all in danger. Um, while he was sick. 
yeah, <laughs> that I was a cute episode with them. That one. So, there you go. State of superhero televisions in, in the U.S. Now, I had not read that article. Did, did Greg talk about how his shows play overseas, or do they play overseas? He did not talk about that, no. Because I'd be curious how those play out, you know. He did think in uh, his opinion, and I tend to agree with him, is that television being a different medium, they have 22 or 24 hours worth of storytelling over the course of a season, whereas a movie has two and a half hours. So um, television can tell better, frankly, in my opinion, more diverse stories. Uh, and that's what he's able to do on his programs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And speaking of TV. Speaking of. We'll just keep going. Yeah, let's do um, that. It's a big week for TV announcements, um, for renews and renewals and cancellations this past week, as well as the next two weeks, as the, se- as the, as the, the major TV networks unveil their fall schedules. Um, we've been following quite a few on this show, so it, it was awesome to see that Real O'Neill's got picked up for season two. Yay. Uh, and Supergirl did get a pickup and will be moving to the CW, yes. which is not a huge surprise. Um, so we look forward to seeing. I've already, there's already been a ton of articles about what that means to that show, not both in terms of its budget and how many of the cast members will be going. Close to Flockhart, you have to go. <laughs> Love you on that show. Because like, I'm telling you that because I'm so sure you listen to our show to even know that I care. <laughs> um, and, but also what it means in smashing that show into the Arrowverse. Since it is a distinctly different Earth that's already been set up in the Flash crossed over this year. Looking forward to that. Cancelled. Not a surprise, Agent Carter got axed. And I'm sad about that. It was a weird show. Not always enjoyable, but on the whole, I especially like season two. So, The Muppets. Yes. The Muppets got axed, which I was really sad about. Because I thought that was a, that was a laugh out loud show for me. And I really thought they were doing pretty well. I mean, I do read the ratings. Apparently, I didn't catch how badly they were actually doing uh, to get the axe. But I was sad to see them go. And Telenovela also got the axe. Mm-hmm. Which I think upset you more than me. Because I was always kind of, on Telenovela. I like that show. I thought it was funny. Uh, I was glad that Superstar got picked up, though. Yes. Because th- that was a hoot. And it was officially announced by the CW that Riverdale, uh, the Archie live action show is getting is getting picked up to go to series. So some sadness, but overall some goodness. I would have been up I would have been more upset if the real O'Neill's had landed on that cancellation list. Yeah. And and Supergirl too. Mm. Um I think Supergirl moving to the CW means that it'll get a lot more ability to do some cool stuff out from under the the bigger CBS umbrella where you've got to perform in a certain way all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, also on TV this week, we haven't talked about Dancing with the Stars or The Voice in a while to get that little break, but this week's Dancing with the Stars in particular was just amazing. Um, Niall kind of ruled that show this week with two of the dances that he did. Um, he did a Paso Doble early in the show uh, with his partner, Sharna? Peta. Peta. Ah, Peta. Sorry, Sharna. Sorry, Peta. Um, Niall and Peta did a Paso Doble, and there was an eight count in it. Um, where he danced silent with four other male guys who were in the troupe. It was truly stunning for the music to fall away and for them to do their thing with no music, with the idea being that it was a chance for not only some more dancers on the show to see what it's like to dance in his world where he hears no music, but also for the audience to get a little glimpse into that. 
And uh, I thought that was really cool and, and nice to see. And then uh, they also did a dance later with Keo and Jody Sweeten um, and got together for an Argentine tango in which, for the first time ever on Dancing with the Stars, the guys paired up and the girls paired up. Um, and just last season it was that there was a big kerfuffle when they had some musical guest on. I don't even remember who it was now who wanted to do some male-male, girl-girl pairings. And ABC said, oh no, can't do that, not here, not going to happen. And now this season they had to change of heart and they got to do that bit of dance. Uh, so really an extraordinary week there. Good stuff all around. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> Niall has been the standout all season long, uh, and sort of been pegged as the obvious uh, one to beat as the winner. Um, but the thing is, is that everyone else in the cast is actually uh, improving uh, week after week, and they're all peaking at the correct time. Mm-hmm. So I don't honestly think he is necessarily a shoe-in. Um, everyone else who's left is actually really damn good. Uh, and people seem to like them. They're getting votes as well. So yeah. it's uh, not a done deal for Niall this particular season. We'll just have to see how it turns out. Yeah, it's been really interesting because we're, we're still not watching most of the show, but we do see the scores fly by. And there's a lot of people getting nines and tens. Mm-hmm. So it's going to get right down to the end. And, and their finale will be two nights on May 23rd and 24th. Um, the Voice is also headed for a finale that same week. Um, I think they're headed this this Monday, May 16th. They're actually going to cut eight people down to four. And I think my top four is going to be... I'm looking at Allison, Shayla, Laith, and Hannah mm-hmm. to be the four. I don't know how you feel about that is the four. Do you think, Or do you think any, somebody else is going to break into that? Well, I think in the same way as dancing, I think in this particular instance, everyone in the top eight is really good, and they all have their own unique strengths uh, that play well to the audience. Um, Mm -hmm. It's really just about song choice uh, as they're uh, in the final stretch heading towards the finale. Um, Sometimes, you know... If, if a song, you know, isn't, like, really perfect for you, um, uh, it can screw everything up and you're out of there immediately. Yeah. L- like like I said, I, I love everyone that's in the top eight at the moment, and I think all of them are very, very strong. I think Allison is the big powerhouse, and she is probably, you know, the favorite at the moment yeah. going forward to the finale, but I don't think she's necessarily a shoo-in yeah. because everyone else is incredibly strong as well. Yeah. I think Allison and Shayla are the two to beat because they both kind of have their thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you look at the at the save that went down last week and the gap between who, who stayed and who went home, I think they said it was like 100 or so votes. Yes. So it's teeny tiny margins on that show right now. Yeah. So we watched the delightful movie last night. Inside Out. We finally caught up on that. I found it tremendously sad. Just the whole thing. I it, mean, there were funny moments. It wasn't sad. <laughs> I think you totally misinterpreted the whole thing. I might have, but when sadness was going around, being able to just turn happy memories to sad, it's like, wait a minute, we're going to depress this child. Stop no, it. no, that's not it at all. That's not what it's about. Oh, God. <laughs> it's about, it was about joy and sadness 
living together. I mean, up until that point, it, Joy was like leading the charge and making sure, uh, what was her name? The little girl's name? I can't remember now. Riley? Riley. Yeah. It was, it was about making sure Riley was happy all the time. And that's not realistic. That's stupid. That doesn't work. No. Um, and so it was about joy and sadness living in harmony and realizing that you need both to have a balanced and fulfilling life. And I might have just taken it too hard the wrong way. And sadness definitely has its place. Yes. And that's what sadness did. She she acknowledged that, you know what, it's uh, okay to be sad sometimes. And that's what, that, that's what it was about. It was a very <laughs> clever and cool movie. A good way to look at the inside of the brain. It was really, really... I love it. Yeah, I, yeah, I enjoyed it so, quite a lot, too. Yeah. I did find it sad, but, you know... <laughs> maybe my sad butt was just getting pushed more. Maybe it was. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, so with that, we're going to turn things over to Brandilyn from Prison Book Alliance for some recommendations for this week. So we welcome Brandilyn from Prison Book Alliance to the podcast today. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Very welcome. We're happy you're here. So I understand you've been reading some really cool stuff in YA. Tell us about it. Yeah, I'm on a bit of a sci-fi fantasy kick, and I found some of the best is actually YA. Um, and so just yesterday, I read two novellas from Harmony Press. Um, they're both by an author who's new to me named R.G. Thomas. The second novella comes out June 16th, so... My review isn't even written yet. Um, the first one is called The Midnight Gardener. The second one's called The Well of Tears. Um, the series is The Town of Superstition. Um, I believe these are the first two in a longer series, at least a trilogy, because the story is far from over. Um, it's about a 15-year-old boy who's been raised by a single father, and they've moved around a lot. The kid has no idea why. It turns out that... Um, his parents were witches, witches and wizards. And it thrusts him into a world of shifters and gnomes and fairies and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, the first one is him finding out about his heritage, um, finding out more about why his dad is single, you know, where his mom went. And then the second one is the start of a long journey. And yeah, I have a thing for, for journey uh, stories. So in the second one, we get, oh, we get dragons too. We have to have dragons. And so, yes. You hit a lot of major points there for me. I, I do like the wizards and the, the witches and the dragons. And yeah. And he, he apparently is a wizard. He hasn't learned his, he, I think he's going to start learning his craft now. Um, he hasn't really used it as of yet, um, but we have had some magical battles with his father involved and a couple other people we meet along the way. Um, so they're both short little reads. They're about 120, 130 pages each, but they're, they're chock full of lots of fantasy stuff and they're, they're easy reads. There's some really sweet romantic elements, um, you know, first love, first kiss, stuff like that. Um, it is interspecies. I keep saying, um, you think I was my eight-year-old, anyway. <laughs> There's some interspecies uh, because the, one of the love interests is a garden gnome. And That's apparently unique. the adults do wear those pointy hats. But the other one doesn't. Um, the kid doesn't. And so, yeah, it's, 
it's just it's a lot of fun. Um, I'm looking forward to the next one. Of course, we got to get the first one, the second one out first. The first one, the first one came out in November and it's up on Goodreads. Okay. I get the well. Sorry, the Midnight Gardener is the first one by R.G. Thomas, and the second one is the Well of Tears, which is up for pre-order on Harmony. Um, if you haven't seen Harmony Inc. Press's new website, it's kind of spooky. And we thank you so much for being here. We will we will see you again in a few weeks. Yep, absolutely. Thank you to Randlin for stopping by and giving us her book recommendations. Those all sound really good. Yeah. Okay. I'm adding that series to my list. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. It's got dragons. Come on. Um, Okay. Coming up next, you actually spoke to the guy behind the Gay Sex Positions coloring book. Yes. Um, He tracked us down Mm -hmm. a couple, a few weeks ago now. Uh, We've had the coloring book. In fact, as the interview plays, if you're on the video watching, you'll see examples of Will's coloring. As we go through the interview, uh, because we couldn't quite get a video connection going with Justin. Uh, we were talking to him. He's in Puerto Vallarta. So. Lucky, lucky bastard. Lucky guy. He can just look out and see the love boat go by. <laughs> Indeed. Since they so often went to Puerto Vallarta on that show. Uh, and since we couldn't get a video connection going, we decided to show some of your coloring. Okay. And, uh cool. Yeah, so there's modesty panels placed appropriately so that YouTube doesn't get, you know, completely pissed off with us. And uh, you'll see his coloring. We'll talk about the book. We also talked about the Pride coloring book that's coming up that he's putting out that has the GoFundMe behind it. Yeah, cool. Um, So let's go to that interview. So today I get to welcome Justin Side to to the podcast. He is the creator of the Gay Sex Positions coloring book and the upcoming Pride coloring book. Welcome to the show, Justin. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. What was your inspiration behind creating the initial gay sex positions coloring book? And the inspiration came from, I have the complete works of the uh, physique pictorial um, magazine from like the 50s and 60s. And uh, in there are a bunch of um, drawings from of Tom and Finland and that sort of thing. And... Um, I guess I was looking on Amazon and I noticed the adult coloring books and I saw my, I don't know how I put it together, but I ended up just, I was like, oh, there should be a coloring book for gays of this. And then it kind of, that wasn't the original idea it evolved into, into gay sex positions. Nice. So do you have a timeline on the other two? Uh, yeah, I'm going to, uh, I want to have them both by the end of the summer. So maybe volume two will be maybe around July and the one, say, September-ish. Okay. Tentatively. Okay. We'll try to get our volume one fully colored in before you uh, get volume two done. Oh, awesome. For sure. How are you liking it? It's great. I mean, it's not often you find a coloring book like this at all. I think you certainly hit it. <laughs> That's a true. You know, right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was the plan. <laughs> Did you do much coloring yourself before you got into making the coloring book? No, not at all. I actually had to go buy um, the watercolors that I used for the cover. Oh, so this is your original cover then, too? That you did oh, yeah, for sure. Work. I love it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I actually I, I was working on one last night, and uh, I'll, I'm going to upload a new um, colored in image onto the Twitter, and I can probably do Facebook on this because there's no nudity. <laughs> oh, right. It's, it's, 
we've had to, we've had to be careful what we show on our video feed so that YouTube doesn't get mad at us. Right, I've been carefully placing letters and uh, water bottle caps um, onto the images before I upload them onto Facebook <laughs> as kind of a way to censor. Was there any hesitation on Amazon's part to take it? Uh, no. Like I, when I researched, there was like a couple. You know, I did a, like there's a Madonna sex book. Okay, Madonna sex books there, and then there there are some uh, straight erotic coloring books as well. There's like a fetish one, you know, artistic nudity and stuff. They seem to be fine with, um, and they are like I'm on Amazon now. My my book, but it's just printed elsewhere. I had problems with their printers not with the Amazon itself. So what was your process to create the artwork? I found some really cool uh, images and um, scenes. And uh, from there, I chose some pretty unique and um, I guess interesting would be the word, uh, scenes or images to draw out into scenes. And then I had them drawn out and um, there was a bit of work with uh, my illustrator to kind of get it the way I wanted because I wanted extra details like with, you know, tattoos or bands or wedding rings or upholstery and stuff like that, just add extra detail. So once that kind of got sorted out, then it was just kind of clear sailing. In your view, what makes a good picture to color? Well, I, I think it all depends on, on the market and who the target audience is. Like for the Pride one, we want it to be all ages, so, you know, with kids in mind, it kind of has to be more uh, big blocks of, they want more uh, precise, detailed um, things to color in, like, for example, like those mandalas that are on, uh, coloring books that are on Amazon, like, those are really big sellers because people can just, like, you know, get really precise and, and you know, take you know, three or five hours, however long it takes to just color in this little thing. Whereas, you know, to try and get like a balance, like for the pride thing is what I'm trying to go after and we're easy for both kids and adults to do. Mm -hmm. Like the initial, the free page for the pride coloring book, there's a lot of detail there because there's a lot of people in that image. Right, yes. Yeah, yeah no, so I think that, I think, uh, A, like, you know, a kid could kind of color in more of, like, the free ground and, or the, the foreground, per se, and uh, with a lot more ease. And uh, somebody, you know, older would, would be able to, to color in more of the background and stuff like that. So I think it works well with, uh, with both age groups. What's the reaction been to the gay sex coloring book? What have you been hearing from your, your from people who've, who've picked it up? Nothing but positive responses. I kind of ran the idea around here. Like I, I live in Viada and it has a fairly uh, strong gay presence, at least in the winter months. And uh, everybody ran that idea across. They all thought it was brilliant. And um, so I just kind of ran with that. And um, after seeing the finished product, um, you know, it's a, it's a quality, uh, book in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, it, it's certainly, uh, in terms of quality and paper and everything kind of rivals, you know, some of the other coloring books, uh, that we've acquired. 
because uh, Will's very much the colorer of the family. Um, oh, often, I see. As we're listening to podcasts, he's often sitting in a chair doing coloring at that point. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I'm getting more into it because, you know, I admit, you know, coloring some of the images in this book, it's just kind of fun. Cause you don't expect these to get yeah. to color stuff like this, you know. Right, right, exactly. Which ones have you been doing? Um, I've been doing, I've been mostly coloring towards the back of the book. Oh, okay. So the more hardcore stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting to find the right crayons to get the different, different skin tones so that not everybody's looking exactly the same. Right, yeah. Well, some of my people look like they're from the movie Avatar. It's like, oh, well, let's make this guy blue. <laughs> I noticed that in one of the in one of the promotional yeah. images that I saw somewhere that there was there was the Avatar looking guy. Yeah, <laughs> why not? Absolutely. So, tell us about the the upcoming Pride coloring book, and I know you've got a GoFundMe campaign there too. So, let's talk about that. Yeah, for sure. So um, the Pride Coloring Book is uh, essentially going to be like a celebration of gay pride marches where people who uh, purchase some of the, the packages from the GoFundMe page can actually have their photo drawn out and included in the book. Um, so it's going to be a com totally interactive coloring book, which I don't think has been uh, done before kind of um, immortalizing their, uh, their involvement in the gay pride marches and, you know, the gay pride community. Do you, do you have a cap on the GoFundMe for how many images you'll take from people? Yeah, uh, there's 75 in total. And then how many more do you add to that to complete the book? Or if you get all 75, is that the entire book? Yeah, that would be the entire book, which is pretty big for a coloring book. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think, I haven't counted the pages um, in in the gay sex book, but I don't think that's seventy five pages in here, is it? Uh, there's twenty three images, and it's double sided, so I think it's there's forty eight when you include the uh, the title page. So seventy five images, you're looking at one hundred and fifty pages. That that'll be an impressive book. How long does the GoFundMe run for? Uh, it's a month, and we're a week into it. So it runs through May. Yeah, till the end of May, having a book launch here in Puerto Vallarta um, during uh, Puerto Vallarta Gay Pride, which is um, the nineteenth to the or sixteenth to the 29th, I believe, of May, and uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure of the date, but uh, we're going to be having a uh, a book launch for the Pride thing during Pride here. There's going to be uh, some sort of coloring contest where we'll have, like, again, I'm not sure of all the details, but we're going to have some of the pages from the book available to be colored in during the event, and um, we'll, uh, we'll announce the winner, and somebody will win something from the book, maybe uh, the hardcover, probably, I would say. That's exciting. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. Where can people find information on that as it comes together? I'll be posting it on uh, my blog, Rodica.com, and uh, also on the Facebook page for Pride, a coloring book. I'll be creating an event 
event for the, the book launch um, once other details have uh, nailed down. Excellent. We'll, we'll link up to those uh, in the show notes for this episode so that uh, if people are in the area or want to take a travel, uh, they can do so because this episode will actually be out the week of May 16th. Oh, perfect. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, the the pride here, it, it, uh, it's coming along. It's, we've got a little parade, and um, anybody that's in support of it knows there's a really strong uh, gay club or gay community, and all the clubs are going to be having uh, various events. Are you planning other coloring books once you get the pride one done and the other two volumes of the gay sex positions? Yeah. Yeah, I'm working on not gay per se, but along the same lines, like sex position. And uh, I want to do, um, I'm actually working on some other ones that are uh, like architecture and uh, like flowers and plants and that sort of thing. Different types of stuff, but I see a lot of interest in the, the adult coloring book. Yeah, I mean, the adult coloring books are, are so hot right now. Um, we've heard about it on some of the other podcasts that we listen to, and, and certainly just the, you, you walk into bookstores, grocery stores, drugstores, arts and crafts, and those coloring books are just everywhere now. Yeah, so it's something that I kind of want to get in on. Um, it's a lot of fun, and um, it kind of keeps me, keeps me down here a little longer. <laughs> So you mentioned at the at the beginning of our of our talk that you didn't color much yourself as you were getting into the coloring books. Do you find yourself coloring more now? Yeah, definitely. Well, I use my watercolors, but yeah, um, I enjoy it. It's a great way just to kind of you know click off the brain and not have to worry about or think about anything, and just you know focus on keeping keeping the color in the line. And it's got to be a challenge with watercolor, I would imagine, especially on some of the detail work. Yeah, yeah, it is. But um, it, it's also kind of um, cool in a way because you can, you know, work with various blends of, uh, of the color and other colors. And uh, it creates some really cool effects that you really couldn't do with, say, crayon or um, colored paper or colored crayon or paper. What are they? Uh, colored pencils? I guess. pencils and, and markers too. Right. I, I particularly noticed that on the cover of the book with what you've done with the tattoo on the leg. Yeah, that was kind of mingy. That didn't turn out so well. But I don't think I, I, I actually like it. And I, I don't think I could have done anything near that with crayon or markers or anything. I think that's distinctly watercolor. Yeah. What would you, what advice would you give for anybody who's thinking about trying to create a coloring book? Go for it. It's really easy. There's zero up front. And um, have fun. Have fun at it. Well, is there anything else you would like people to know before we wrap up? I just wanted to say I really appreciate uh, you guys taking the time to help promote my book. Our pleasure. We're glad you reached out to us because I don't know that we would have found you otherwise. Oh, yeah. Okay, awesome. Um, that's the power of Twitter, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, Justin, thank you so much for being with us. All right. Thanks for having me, Jeff. All right. Thanks, Justin, for that great interview. Uh, we'll have links to the coloring book, where to buy the coloring book, and where to get to the GoFundMe if you want to get in on the uh, Pride coloring book and perhaps submitting some of your own photos to get transformed into coloring pages. Cool. Yeah. How, how long is that GoFundMe running again? The GoFundMe runs through the end of May. Cool. Yeah. Okay. And then if you happen to be in Puerto Vallarta, as he mentioned, 
they're looking at doing a book launch event for that during uh, Pride down there. Fun! Including a coloring contest. So, hey! Hot damn, let's go to Border my Art on color. <laughs> right? That sounds awesome. Because it will. I would totally do that. Why not go down there in June? <laughs> so, yeah. So, we'll keep you posted on how the GoFundMe um, goes. Yeah. As well. And then, you know, maybe have Justin back to talk about the Pride coloring book when it finally comes out. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Because we've never had anybody back who has done a GoFundMe. Mm-hmm. And just kind of find out how that goes. Because that could be interesting for some of our listeners, too, to hear from somebody who's actually executed one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So everyone go support Justin and this awesome new project. Because uh, I, I obviously love the gay sex coloring <laughs> book. So uh, I think this Pride one is going to be a winner, too. Yeah. And it's, I like that they're expanding to, to let younger audiences color. Because obviously your 10-year-old's not going to be coloring in the gay sex coloring book. At least we hope not. It's a little inappropriate. <laughs> anyway. So I, I think that does it for this week. Yeah. Yeah. So next week we're excited because uh, Charlie David is going to be with us uh, for episode 33. Now, Charlie, as you may know, you may know him from movies or TV. Uh, he's been on the travel series Bump as the host. He's been on Dante's Cove from many years ago. Also movies like Mulligans and Judas Kiss and... That other movie, I'm blanking on the name of it right now. Um, yeah, I don't know which one you're thinking of. <laughs> and other movies that I actually get right in his intro next week, because we've already <laughs> recorded that interview. Yeah. Uh, he's here specifically to talk about the re-release of the novel, novelization of Mulligans. Yeah. Uh, which comes out from Dream Center Press um, on the 25th. Cool. So yeah, we're excited to have him here next week. And we want to encourage all of you out there to please leave a review on your favorite podcast source or on YouTube. And we would love to hear your book recommendations, too. We have all these other folks now coming to visit to give us book recommendations. Let us know what you recommend and leave uh, your comments for that on the episode 32 page on our website at BigGayFictionPodcast.com. Awesome. You got all that in there. In one breath, practically, too. (laughs) Practically a single (laughs) breath. You're a pro, baby. Uh, I don't know about that. You're a pro. So anyway, we hope all of you have a great week, and uh, we're going to go take our silliness elsewhere now. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. For detailed show notes, go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com.